My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Our Sunday School. I'm glad you're here. Um, if you want to go ahead and take a second and grab the handout and your Bible, that would be very helpful. Uh, you're going to need those in just a couple of minutes. And we've got a special treat for you today. Uh, as we do uh, almost every Mother's Day for several years now, uh, Amy Velosen is going to be teaching for us today. And uh, as we transition into that, I just want to give you a heads up that we teach the text in our Sunday school. So while everybody is welcome to come and listen and engage, I really have a desire because we had a couple instances when my kids were little that uh, my wife and I didn't get a heads up about something was coming. Uh, I have a desire to make sure that we are clearly transparent around uh, anything in the text that little ears might not want to be paying attention to. So we have a slide today that when you see this pop up, it might be a good time to go on mute for just a minute or so. And as long as you see that slide, the hide your kids, uh, then you should know we're still talking about something that's a little more adult. Um, so just want to give you a heads up on that. So uh, Amy, can you hear me? I can. Awesome. Well, uh, Welcome to our Sunday school, and here we go. It's all yours. Thank you. Good morning, everybody, and happy Mother's Day. I love this tradition of me teaching on Mother's Day. I consider it a privilege, and I always look forward to the opportunity. As a public teacher for the past 10 years, teaching grown-ups is always a treat. But wow, this is different. I hope you all have a wonderful and memorable Mother's Day. And to my own mother, who should be watching, have a great day and we love you. And I also believe that my grandmother is watching with my parents and I love you, my G mother. About two weeks ago, Jacob and I went to Chester Frost. We both needed to get out of the house. We both had been stuck for far too long. We found a little secluded area, Jay went to fish and I went on a walk. My mind wandered to the fact that Mother's Day was about two weeks away, and I usually teach on Mother's Day. With everything that was going on and the remoteness of Sunday school, I was unsure that this would happen. I told myself that I would reach out to Jim in a few days. Well, about 30 minutes later, Jim texted me, telling me that I was still on for Mother's Day because he had the remoteness of it all figured out. So here I am. Welcome to week 65 in our study of Mark. As we read through Mark chapter 7, remember our weekly question. What is God doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark that we have studied so far? I will share my answer with you later. So get your Bibles and turn with me to Mark chapter 7. For those of you who are not in our Sunday school class, we have been using the ESV for our study of Mark. Now the Pharisees gathered to him with some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem. They saw that some of his disciples ate with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands properly, holding to the tradition of the elders. 
When they had come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. There are many other traditions that they observe, such as the washing of cups and pots and copper vessels and dining couches. And the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And he said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of, your, of you hypocrites, as it is written, The people honors me with their lips, but their hearts is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. And he said to them, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you have gained from me is Corban, that is given to God, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And many such things you do. And he called the people to him again and said to them, hear me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of the person are what defile him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, Then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him, since it enters his heart but not his stomach and is expelled? Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All of these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. And from there he arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this statement you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and filed the child lying in bed and the demon gone. When he returned from the region of Tyre and he went from through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee to the region of Decapolis, and they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears and after spitting, touched his tongue and looked up to heaven. He sighed and said to him, Epitha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged him to tell no one, 
but the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute speak. We will be focusing today on verses 17 through 23. These are not the verses that I wanted to end up with. I thought it would be great if I had verses 24 through 30, when Jesus cast the demon out of the little girl. I wanted those verses. God, however, wanted me to have these. This happens every time I stand or sit in this case. God knows better than I do. He knows what I needed to focus on. When reading through these verses for the first time, the heaviness, the pointedness, the straight to the heartness of these verses didn't get to me, or maybe I didn't allow it to. The more I read the verses and began to read different translations, it all started to sink in. I kept hearing, this is your lesson, Amy. Think about it. Defilement of the heart. Defilement of your heart. What is defiling your heart, Amy? The first time I typed the word defiling, it auto-corrected to defining and how I wish I was answering that question. What defines my heart is much easier to discuss and to answer than what defiles it, especially with my kids in the room and my parents and my grandmother listening and on Mother's Day nonetheless. When preparing to teach, I read the verses in different translations. It helps me understand the words better. And I will fully admit that the message translation of these verses hurt my feelings. In fact, I'm gonna share it with you. So this is 14 through 23 in the message translation. Jesus called the crowd together again and said, listen now, all of you, take this to heart. It's not what you swallow that pollutes your life. It's what you vomit. That's the real pollution. When he was back home, after being with the crowd, his disciples said, we don't get it. Put it in plain language. Jesus said, are you being willfully stupid? Don't you see that what you swallow can't contaminate you? It doesn't enter your heart, but your stomach works its way through your intestines and is finally flushed. That took care of the dietary quibbling. Jesus was saying that all foods are fit to eat. He went on. It's what comes out of the person that pollutes. Obscenities, lusts, thefts, murders, adulteries, greed, depravity, deceptive dealings, carousing, mean looks, slander, arrogance, foolishness. All of these are vomits from the heart. There is your source of pollution. Vomit from the heart. Happy Mother's Day. There are some pointed and straight to the heart words. A few weeks ago, Jim talked about not skipping over scripture that makes us uncomfortable, not skimming past the parts we don't want to deal with. Personally, and we dig into this a bit later, these verses make me uncomfortable, meaning these verses need to be focused on, taken to heart, understood, no matter how uncomfortable they make us. Also meaning that I don't want to admit to myself that there was defilement in my heart that I hadn't dealt with yet. Last week, we talked about that verse 16, those who have ears to hear, let him hear, is not in the ESV. However, I like this verse. If you have ears, hear. 
I read somewhere that Jesus, of course, was intentionally calling out everyone. He didn't say, if you can hear me, listen up, or if you're close. He said, if you have ears. In the puggle room, we say, tune in your listening ears. So let's all tune in our listening ears. And if we were all together, I'd actually make you do it. We're starting today with verse 17. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked. The asked here is in the imperfect tense, meaning to repeatedly ask. His disciples asked about the parable. The disciples needed follow-up. Jesus was just dealing with hand-washing questions from the Pharisees. And the Pharisees took the law seriously. And they were asking Jesus why his people did not follow the same intensive cleaning procedures that they did. Basically asking Jesus why they, the disciples, aren't like them. Last week we saw Jim's graphs of Jesus' circles. We have seen Jesus interacting with the Pharisees in front of the masses. We have seen him talking to the crowds that were following him. And now he is with his twelve. Jesus speaks in parables to the crowd, and now the disciples have questions. When the disciples ask a question, he more often than not responds with a question, which eventually leads to the truth. They were asking him questions because they wanted to know. They wanted his truth. When we seek Jesus, we have to be honest with ourselves. Do we want his truth, the true truth? Verses 18 and 19. And he said to them, Then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever, meaning all, any, the whole, that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him, since it enters not his stomach and is expelled, meaning to depart or be discharged? Thus he declared all foods clean. Verse 20. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. Jesus states an undeniable truth, something that the disciples can easily understand and not refute, which is basically what goes in must come out. Jesus wanted to establish this basic level of truth and then build on it. He is saying that what we literally put into our bodies doesn't defile us because our bodies have the capability to dispose of it. It's how we were made. Psalms 139.14 says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Since what we put into our bodies goes into our stomachs and not our hearts, it doesn't defile us. And the defile in 19 means to make profane. Again, it's how we were made. What we actually, for real, put into our bodies is handled by our stomachs. Since our stomachs handle the food, and eventually our bodies dispose of this, Jesus is declaring all foods clean. The all here means all, any, every, the whole. And the foods he is referring to is actually the ceremonial foods, especially the articles allowed or forbidden by the Jewish law. So yes, all foods are clean. He specifically says that since the foods are handled by our stomachs, and not our hearts. And so we move on to matters of the heart. Verses 21 through 23. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, 
adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. What passes through our stomachs is disposed of. What we allow to come into our hearts isn't so easily disposed of. We can allow ourselves to think on it, meditate on it, and eventually it'll overtake us. Even though we promise ourselves, and usually those around us, that we are in control. Sometimes what we think is the problem isn't the problem. It's usually way worse. The problem is that we think we don't have a problem. The way worse part of it is that it's a heart issue. A heart issue. All of these things come from the heart. For many of these things, some may think, no, these don't come from the heart. How can they? They're head problems, outside world problems, and for sure are something that Christians don't ever have to deal with. Okay, this is my PG-13 Sunday school lesson warning for what we are about to talk about for the next few minutes. Some of my current and past puggles who may be in the room with you may not be used to hearing this kind of lesson from Miss Amy. We don't get graphic, but we do look at these heart issues from a godly 2020 <coughs> standpoint. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I did not want to focus on this. I didn't even want to talk about it. However, Jesus kept leading me back here. I have focused on these verses for two weeks. And I've had a spotlight on my heart issues the whole time. These two verses we are about to read again and dig into a little bit hurt. I ask that you be honest with yourself. I ask that you give me a little grace as we talk about them. I ask that you remember that we are all fallen and in desperate need of a savior. We all have struggles. And just because you may not struggle with something, that doesn't mean that someone in our Sunday school class doesn't. I also ask that if you struggle with any of these, please reach out. Okay, here we go. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts. All kinds. There are the ones we may think of when we say evil thoughts, and they are the extremely, obviously, the extremely obvious ones. Ones that most agree are evil. Then there are those thoughts of hate or disgust towards our neighbor, our coworker, our family member, some random person at the grocery store, that driver that cut us off, or the elected official that we may not always agree with. The thoughts here mean internal consideration. So those thoughts that stay in our heads and our hearts, but it also means external debate. So it also means those evil thoughts that we choose to express. Sexual immorality means prostitution, adultery, incest, and porn. Thoughts of these matters, whether acted on or not, is still deceitful. Sexual actions and thoughts outside of the institution of marriage fall into this category. Also, sexual actions in marriage that have actions that are ungodly, as well as fulfilling unwedded sexual desires. Theft, stealing items or time, physical things or non-physical things. Murder, the word here means murder, to take the life of another, whether the born or the unborn. 
adultery. Thinking on it, planning for it, lying about it, keeping secrets, or making things something that they are not. Coveting. The definition is yearn, to possess or to have. It is willfully wanting what others have with a strong desire and sometimes acting on this want to take the item of the desire. Wickedness, meaning depravity, malice, plots for sins. Deceit, meaning trick, wile, lying about things to others or even ourselves. We are actually quick to deceive ourselves. We need ourselves to believe the lie. Sensuality means litigiousness, meaning being promiscuous and unprincipled in sexual matters. It is using your sexuality, sometimes for gain. Envy. Jealousy. Here, it literally means the eye. On our handout today, it says the jealous side glance. And I guarantee we all know what that means and can picture that look in our head. Slander. On our handout, it means hurtful, diseased, culpable, vicious, mischief, malice, guilt, the devil. I look up Webster's definition, and it is the action or crime of making a false spoken statement damaging to a person's reputation. Making false and damaging statements about somebody. It can be hate or negative speech towards another including our president or those running for office. Slander made into a meme is still slander. Some may say that what they are doing isn't slander. It's just an opinion, research, or free speech. And this is where we need to be careful. We, as Christians, are called to live above reproach. The world, our family, our friends, co-workers who know we are Christians are watching us following us online. Our posts, our position, and our place need to be representative of God. Pride. Haughtiness is mentioned on our handout, the definition being the appearance or quality of being arrogantly superior and disdained. It is being too full of yourself to realize the good in others or the impact that we are having on others. Foolishness. Our handout mentions senselessness, egotism, recklessness. The definition is lack of good sense or judgment, stupidity. Of all the ones listed, you may think this is the one that is the least concerning. But that could be a slippery slope. Thinking that something God calls out as something that defiles us, thinking that something is less, can be dangerous. Our opinion on God's truth doesn't change it. God is the only true truth. He created everything. There is nothing, nothing that has existed, exists now or will exist that will surprise him. What defiled Christians then still defiles us now. God knew what would be in this world in 2020. This quarantine did not catch him off guard. He knows all for he created all. He sees all for he is everywhere. We cannot take lightly what he says. We cannot take his truth and water it down. We cannot cut it up and omit certain parts. Okay, that's the end of my PG lesson. But if you disagreed with me, I'm sorry. We can still be friends. 
If you think I've misspoken, let's talk about it. Trust me when I say that what I'm saying hurts my heart too. I'm not saying this to pick out the faults of others. I'm talking about what God has laid on my heart. Trust me when I say that I tried to wiggle my way out of this, but the more God laid it on my heart, I knew that he wanted me to focus on these verses. Last week, as one of the applications, Jim said, nothing outside defiles us. We don't fear the world. We walk and engage confidently. Now, there are those who might say that there is plenty that is, quote unquote, outside that can defile us. They may argue that everything listed in verse 21 is in the outside world and defiles. However, those things, that whole list we just went through, come from inside. They are heart issues. They are not outside things that once we allow in, then destroy. They start in our heart. While they may be impacted from outside, they are heart issues. Sometimes I believe that we can overlook or want to undermine what the Bible says because we choose to think that it's not meant for us or in this time that we are living in. We think that the words are too lofty and we tell ourselves that Jesus was only talking to the disciples only about that day and only in that time period. We are living in a time where those words that we just went through are looked at as acceptable behaviors. We are getting good at overlooking the truth. We can't take God's truth and make it fit what we want. If we do, then it's not God's truth. God's truth is the only true truth. We can't take some altered aspect of it just because it fits our reality. My answer to what God is doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark that we have studied so far is that he has been pushing me to realize that I am good at hiding, ignoring, or denying what defiles my heart. He is making me realize that I do not want to live a life that is halfway for him. And yes, today I took a lesson out of the Sunday School by Jim Fleming handbook and my shirt has meaning to the lesson. The front says, what's the word? And the back says neurofibromatosis. I have neurofibromatosis and it truly is a crazy disease. It affects people in differing ways. And for most, it's a daily struggle to deal and to live with. While most of the fundraiser events and apparel and swag just say NF, this shirt intentionally calls out the whole name of the disease, neurofibromatosis. It brings attention to it. It doesn't cut it short. And that's how we should live our lives, calling out the full truth, regardless of when and where we need to live our lives fully for Christ. We can't live a productive Christian life when it's based on acronyms and shortcuts. In talking about this lesson with my sister, she mentioned, what are we teaching our kids? Are we willfully passing on a watered down version of Christianity? Are we teaching them that while at times it may be hard living a fulfilling Christian life, it is so worth it. While it's hard to admit what defiles us and that we struggle with things that defile us, his mercies are new every morning. The God's true truth is what we need to build our lives on.
We started Mark 7 with the Pharisees questioning Jesus about dirty hands. We have now moved on to dirty hearts. We need to ask ourselves, what are we holding on to? Not just with our hands, but with our hearts. It's also not just what we are holding on to, but what we are allowing to hold on to us. Back to my example of when I was auto-corrected, are we letting what defiles us define us? We need to ask ourselves what is coming out of us as we present our lives to others. We cannot just give off the appearance that we are who we claim to be when we claim to be his. Our actions must reflect him. Are we perfect? No. Will we mess up? Yeah. But Jesus, that's it. That's all Jesus. Again, I want to say that we are fallen and in need of a savior. We cannot overlook the true truth of that savior. So for the applications, personalizations from this lesson, and these are mainly personal realizations. Number one, we cannot live a watered down and acronym based Christian life. So what do we do? We need to live fully and completely for him. Number two, we cannot let what defiles our hearts define us. So what do we do? We fully and completely give him our hearts. He knows all. So let's be honest with him about what is defining us and let him define us. And number three, we cannot allow ourselves to think that his word was meant for us for this day. We have to fully understand and completely focus on his word, knowing that he sent his son for us, gave his word to us, and loves, loves, loves us. We focused on defilement of our hearts a lot today, and I want to end with defining our hearts. Let him define your heart. He sees it all anyway. There is nothing that is hidden from God. Regardless of the defilement, God is bigger. Fully and completely, let go and let God. Thank you. I think this might have been easier to teach if I could have made some eye contact, but who knows. I miss our Sunday school class, and I look forward to seeing you all again soon. Have a great Mother's Day, and enjoy worship. Bye, you guys. Thanks, Miss Amy. That was fantastic. Um, and for those of you who are used to Amy teaching on Mother's Day, please understand this was a completely new experience for her and for me and figuring all this stuff out. So uh, major kudos uh, for doing that. Uh, and also this is live. She didn't record this and we're splicing it in somehow. She taught this live from, uh, from where, Amy? Um, in my kitchen. <laughs> In your kitchen. Awesome. So, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, so thank you again. Appreciate that. A uh, couple of final notes here. So happy Mother's Day to all of you. Uh, if you hadn't figured out my t-shirt, uh, my wife's favorite food is tacos. So happy Mother's Day to my taco mamacita. Uh, my cup today is her Coca-Cola cup. So I'm all in on Team Julie. Uh, and uh, couple of the notes real quick. Next week, we'll start with verse 24. 
so you're blank on your handout at the top of page 225 is next week we'll start with Mark 724. Uh, and if you are interested in, let's see if I can do it here. There we go. Um, if you're interested in uh, subscribing to our podcast, our YouTube channel, any of that stuff, uh, you can go to OurSundaySchool.com, click on the subscribe tab. Uh, if you're interested in being a member of Our Sunday School, and welcome to Barry and Vicki Cole, our two newest members. Uh, welcome back to Barry and Vicki Cole. Uh, then you can go to OurSundaySchool.com and click on the About Us tab. Uh, watch the lesson there. And if you want to commit to those expectations, then uh, we'd love to have you as members of our Sunday School. Uh, but as we finish up this morning, uh, I would just encourage you to uh, put any prayer requests that you have into the comments of this thread. Uh, and uh, we'll be praying for those. Um, lean in, engage, and pray for somebody that's not with you. Uh, and then go to the Stuart Heights Facebook page at 10 o'clock and uh, engage in the, uh, uh, the online worship service that is presented there. And you may see somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, and you may see somebody you know. So we'll see. Uh, so I'll leave you with Happy Mother's Day. And let's be cognizant that today is uh, not always a day that is wonderful and happy for every single uh, person out there. There's a lot of folks that hate Mother's Day. This is a day of dread. Uh, and let's be loving, let's be kind, let's be compassionate, let's be aware of that as we engage with folks. And uh, just love on folks. And uh, I love that, uh, that uh, command from the scripture because it's just applicable all the time. So uh, thanks again to Amy for teaching a great lesson. I appreciate that. Uh, imagine, that, just put yourself in the picture for a second. Uh, I'm looking at her response on the screen. Uh, of teaching that lesson on Mother's Day. I mean, come on. So y'all need to reach out and tell her thanks. I truly appreciate it. Uh, and next week we'll start with 724. So uh, God bless you and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.